welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Today on Calls from the Clubhouse, we welcome Pete Savage. Pete is the longtime coach of Reno High School and the Reno Knights American Legion team. In this episode, we dive into his core covenants, using outside resources to help his program, keys to building a successful program, ways to keep players accountable, dealing with feeder programs, and his favorite team building exercises. Let's welcome Coach Savage to the podcast. Here with Pete Savage, uh, Reno High School and uh, Reno American Legion. Pete, I appreciate you jumping on with me. It's an honor, Ryan, and, and I appreciate everything you do for baseball, and it's an honor to be here today with you and, and uh, the ABCA. And we hit on we just hit on this. You know, there's some great things going on right now with with everybody chipping in and all the information that's out there. How do you take? Uh, you know, we talked about information overload. How do you take all of the information that's out there right now and and really try to implement one or two things with your program? Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, my mindset is learn as much as I possibly can for the betterment of my players. And all, all I, I see coaches really as just a conduit of information and, and, a, and then to teach them and to, and to implement what you want to teach. But that's the beauty of every program. And, and you have to decide what you want your program to stand for and what you want to measure and, and what you want to emphasize and then kind of uh, go down each one of those rabbit holes, so to speak, where you can just keep getting as much information as you can and then um, I always say, you know, the, the thing to me, Ryan, uh, coaching is all about getting information into your players' actions. It's so easy to um, get all this information, fill up notebooks, um, have it all in your head, and then and then you go watch a team play, and, and it's like, well, none of that's going on. Exactly. So it's like you really got to get into your players' actions. And to me, that's what co- effective coaching is, is learning, adjusting, deciding what you want and then implementing and teaching. And we're talking, you did such a great job on the leadership live cast that we did a couple weekends ago and so or a week ago. And I, I reached out to you because I do want to dive into a little bit more because you touched briefly on kind of your core covenants for your program. Can we start there? Can you really dive into the specifics of, of the core covenants of your program? Sure. So a, a few, you know, a few, a few years ago, we were kind of like a, shipped us out in the ocean. So I decided we really got to define what we want to stand for. So we picked uh, the, our, our uh, logo is the Huskies. So I just went through H-U and then S-K-I-E-S and H stands for hustle. And um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just, we'll just define them and then we'll go back to each one. Unity, U stands for unity. S stands for sacrifice. K stands for Kaizen. Um, I stands for integrity, E stands for earn it, and S stands for just stronger, getting physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger. So the first one, the hustle piece to me is 
you know, it's the obvious. I think every coach wants his players to play the hardest and, and run hard 90s and all that. But, you know, we could literally talk for hours on what hustle means to me. And to me, it's all about attention to detail. And, um, you know, you, I take great pride in having um, like an egoless coaching style. You know, it's not about me. It's not about uh, Coach Savage. It's really about what our players do. And um, so, you know, I try to plan the best practice every single day that I can. So, you know, practice, you know, how, do, how does a player hustle in practice? By that, I mean, practice environment is so awesome because the player has the ability to prove what he can do, improve what he can't do, and then just keep getting a little bit better every day. And the other thing about the practice environment, which I love, to me, practice is um, really the heart and soul of our program. Um, you know, it's like, what? how can we get better today? How can we win today's practice? Uh, that's the key thing. And then we'll, we'll, we'll win games at the, you know, that's like the icing on the cake. But keeping- how do you evaluate that when you talk about winning practice? When you walk out of practice, you know, in between your ears, how you're like, okay, we, we won that practice. Okay. Well, first of all, I never, I, I, it's kind of the ultimate goal of perfection, right? You never quite reach that, but my goal is to keep every player active and busy throughout every minute of practice. And it's challenging because we have long, I love long um, practices where we get to spend time together and baseballs, you know, people don't, people who are in the game understand this, but people who are out of the game, don't understand this. They think baseball is the easiest game. It is a very difficult game to teach, and it's a very slow game to develop. And it takes time. Development takes time. So, you know, the player development piece is in that hustle pillar for me. You know, how are we going to develop our players into better men, and then they become better players? And that's like I love that part, you know, because that's what we do as coaches is, is, is definitely find their strengths and, and continue to emphasize those and find a role for each player, but then find those areas of improvement they need to, to build on and then work on them to get better. And, um, you know, so we have the 10 commandments of, of practice. And when we have, you know, been answered your direct, direct question, you'll ask your players, Hey, how do you, you know, you ask your team leader in front of the team in the dugout, you know, it's like, Hey, did we win today's practice? You know, or, or on those days when you don't win it, you got to emphasize as a coach, it's like, Hey, um, you know, a, a bad practice to me is way worse than losing a game. You know, it's just such a waste of time. And, and um, I, I, I don't stand for those yep. very often. And then you jump into unity. And I, this was one of my questions for later on, I think we all talk about unity. What are some of the team building exercises that you use to help to be able to, to build some unity with your team? Yeah. And you know, unity, there's, there's so many things, but that's a team development piece. Okay. And, and, and I always tell my players, Hey, the most important thing you're going to learn in our program is how to be a good team player, because that piece is going to follow you forever, man. It's, you know, how you run your family. Are you a contributing member or how do you interact in your church? How do you interact in your job? So those things are going to happen over and over and over again throughout your life. So, um, and it's really 
getting them outside of themselves and, and kind of the, the Mudita piece that coach Murphy talks about in softball. You know, when I heard that, it was like, Whoa, that's what I've been trying to teach. And he put a word to it, but it's like, and that's from help to helper as well. For anybody listening in book, the help to helper, they, they do a really good deep dive into, into Medita and in the book, help the helper. And so that unity piece is trying to get our players not to think of themselves first, you know, and it's kind of a human trait that um, is something we have to change as coaches. We're playing a team sport. And so it's, it's for our players to think of their teammates first and themselves second. And how do we do that? We do it through a whole bunch of team, team, team building exercise and team evaluation exercises. You know, the one, the one that uh, a lot of people do is, is hero hardship and highlight. And uh, we started doing that on the road a few years ago where we get a hotel room. I mean, a hotel conference room where we, and then the, the kids just spill their guts and the coaches do too. And it's complete honesty and it's non-baseball related. And, and you really get a clear understanding of your players in that exercise, but it's also going out and doing community projects, you know, um, and not getting caught. The one thing that drives me crazy about players and, and coaches is they get caught up in, in their own personal deal, their own personal growth, their own personal. But again, uh, you know, part of championship teams, which I love studying. I love studying teams and effective coaching um, is the sacrifice for one another, the being a good team player, you know? Um, so we do that through hero hardship and highlight, but also just spending time and practice. I mean, you know, when a guy sacrifices bunt, you know, pick him up. It's equal to, it's equal to a single. Um, um, when, when you see things, we just started this, you know, you're all trying to find things to do right now because our team is not practicing and not playing. So we started this mentorship program, which you've always kind of had, but now we formalized it. Well, hey, hey, you seniors are in charge of these six or seven freshmen or sophomore. So yesterday I had a parent reach out to me and said, hey, it was so awesome to have that senior reach out to our freshmen and not only teach them the Reno High baseball way, but just to, just to give value to that freshman player, he's like, it changed his whole outlook. It's like, this senior cares about me. So um, those I are actually would, ones. I would pick a, a current player on our college team to call an incoming recruit. They had, they had guys that they had to call that had committed that we knew were coming just to try to help them. They'd call them the summer before they showed up. One, to help them with that side, you know, here's how the program works, but also at least give them uh, a peer contact so when they got on campus, they had somebody that they could contact when they showed up on campus outside the coaching staff. That's a great idea, Ryan. And I, and I think, um, you know, really that relationship player to player is, is so much more important than player to coach uh, because we're the leaders and, and we help, but when, when, a, when a player – positively influences another player. And a lot of times it's not, it's, it's, it can be baseball related. It can be the swing or it can be pitching mechanics or it can be the breaking ball or it can be a backhand play. But a lot of times it's just personal stuff off the field. It's like, you know, how do you handle in this situation? Because we're all human beings, you know, and everybody's going through great times and everybody's going through challenges. And so, People helping people to me is the value of being a part of a team. 
You talked about championship teams. Through your research, which championship teams have stuck out to you? And it's funny, it's funny you say that because as a coach, you know, we've won 82% of our games and winning's important. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, you know, winning's not important because winning, um, we're all very competitive uh, people and winning's important. But I can honestly tell you that it all kind of runs together. You know, we won the state championship in 2004 um, and we've been to a lot of state championship games we haven't won, you know, and that's, that's challenging. But in, in, in those 18% of those losses, sometimes you remember those more than you do the wins. But I'll tell you a story about uh, one of the best principals I ever worked for. His name is Robert Sullivan. And he put things in perspective for me right away after that 2004 state championship. This was 10 years into my coaching career. Um, and so, we, you know, um, as the head coach and we win the state championship and I'm like on cloud nine, right? The very next day he calls me in his office and he says, congratulations. I said, thank you. I think it's pretty awesome. We finally got it done. And, and he goes, but you understand that's, that's really not the real state championship. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? You know, I was kind of naive and he goes, well, we'll see if these kids are real state champions 20 years down the road and how they're, how they're interacting with their families are they successful businessmen? And, and our right fielder on that team is still one of my closest uh, friends and relationships today. He's a hugely successful corporate lawyer. My center fielder and our three hitter who actually played that season with a broken jaw is a, is a tax CPA attorney in, in Chicago with, with two beautiful kids. And, and so, hey, it's just, it's just an example of we're in this thing for a long-term perspective. And our players need us as coaches. Um, you know, it's so important to coach every team and every player uh, equally. You know, it's like our kids might not need us right now, but they might need us five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. I have this thing, once you join, you join for life. Um, you know, and we 